0: Log Talk Radio.
1: To What I am calling laughing to keep from screaming It is intended to be a little discussion on mental illness and depression and anxiety And uh, I chose that song to open the show That is, for those of you that don't know, that is Billy Joel, Summer Highland Falls And if you've never heard him talk about that song that, That song is actually about manic depression uh, if, you listen, if you read the lyrics, he talks about <clears throat> sadness or euphoria, um, and how we are—we are always what our situations hand, hand us. We are either sadness or euphoria, and it's one of my favorite Billy Joel songs. And um, it, it also, the way he breaks down the music—if you—if you, if you hear—if uh, you listen closely, one of, on one hand he is playing high notes, and one hand he is playing low notes uh, to balance out the two moods. Basically, is, is how he describes it. So good evening to all of you. I know uh, most of you are, or nor- actually uh, all of you, uh, are hockey crowd. And uh, so I appreciate you guys coming out. <clears throat> there won't be any hockey talk tonight, not that I know of, anyway. Uh, if Eddie shows up, I wouldn't be surprised if he slips something in, but we'll see. So <clears throat> for starters, I guess we'll talk about what the reason is for this show. And if you haven't read my blog, then then you don't know. But I'll tell you now. Uh, for many years i 've been battling depression and anxiety and more i guess probably since around the time my daughter was born, which was two thousand six uh panic dis- i have what what 's termed as panic disorder i 'll have thoughts of irrational panic for for no reason really uh she could be on her way to the bathroom and I'll think oh my god what if the ceiling falls in on her and I can visualize these things happening in my head even though I know that that the chances are that's not going to happen and it's all kind of come to a head in the last uh, little less than a year or so and we'll get into the reasons why in just a minute and I had thought after I was let go from my job which was August 1st which of course has contributed to to uh, the current condition, I thought one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to stay productive while I was out of work. I knew I was going to be out of work for a little while because I accepted a severance package and I said, you know what, I'm not going to rush right back to work. I'm going to take my time. Uh, uh, But I wanted to still be productive while I was out of work. So I decided to... I decided to start a blog, which I've done, uh, which you can check out at everythinggym.com. And I was going to... uh, purpose of the blog was to discuss a a number of different things. Uh, Mental illness being one of them, because you know, I want to, something I want to talk about, and it's part of everything Jim. And, you know, I was kind of I was working with Joe Catroni, who you guys all know from Blue Shirt Underground Radio, and he was helping me with web design and and how it was going to look and and all the different things that that I want to put on the site. And, you know, I was a couple of weeks away from where it um from having it look the way I wanted it to look and you know, being able to get started with posting articles and things like that. And then <clears throat> Robin Williams died. And when I heard he died of depression, it was it was really it was very upsetting to me. As somebody who has depression and all I could think of was here's a guy who has all the talent in the world as far as acting and comedy and even musically talented. And all his resources and all his abilities, if, if he couldn't find a way out of depression, how am I going to find a way out of depression? So I, so I decided, well, let me start the blog here, and I, and I, I wrote an article that was very well received. I, I got a lot of messages from a lot of people. I got messages from people I haven't seen in 30 years, literally, people, I haven't, people that I went to high school with. Reached out to me and read the article, and and, you know we're in similar circumstances. And I think some of them are going to call in tonight. We we may hear from from uh, one or two of them. And so I was really surprised at that. At just how many people are either in the same position I am or have been in in that position. Uh, 19 million people in this country suffer from depression, and. uh, my purpose for this show and for the blog is to just raise a little awareness. That's all I want to do. I, I'm, I'm not out to cure, the, to cure anybody. I'm certainly in no, in no capacity to do that. Um, all I, wa- I, guess I guess what I've learned since I started the blog, which is, I don't know, two weeks ago, I guess, two and a half weeks ago, whenever Robin Williams died, um, what I've learned, the most important thing that I've learned is that I'm not alone. And I guess that's what I want other people to know is that they're not alone. And it may be even if somebody who just happens to stumble across this show on Blue Shirt or on a blog talk radio and says, what's this all about and starts listening and says, Hey, you know what? This, that's me. This, this is my situation. I, you know, Hey, I've been there. And, um, and if it encourages them to go out and get help, and then that would be, then, then I've done what I set out to do. Um, you know, this is my own form of call this my ice bucket challenge, just doing this little dumb radio show that maybe somebody will pay attention and listen to and say, you know what, it, it, that's me. And I'm, I, I realize that now and uh, that's, so that's what I'm after. Um, <clears throat> it was it was probably uh let's see this is two thousand we are in two thousand fourteen, so it was uh, two thousand and three when I was first diagnosed with depression. that was when I was first diagnosed um, I had i guess what you would call a nervous breakdown at the time. Uh, I was going through a lot of different things. We had just moved uh my mother passed away, and my wife and I separated all in the span of about 90 days, probably, uh, yeah, I guess it was about 90 days, so it was a lot to process, and a lot to go through, and, and I was just in a real bad frame of mind, I, I, also, oh, I also lost my job, the job I was working at, I lost my job through my own negligence at the time, uh, so it was a lot to process in a very short amount of time, and it put me in a very bad frame mentally, and I went into therapy, and started, uh, and was diagnosed with, with depression and, and anxiety, and, and I've kind of, you know, I've been able to keep it at bay over the years, but uh, just under a year ago, we have, um, uh, my wife, for those of you that don't know, was diagnosed with breast cancer, and that was, Oct- uh, she was officially diagnosed, I believe, in November of 2013, um, October and November. She was officially diagnosed with breast cancer. In January, early January, she had a double mastectomy. So we've been, we've been dealing with that for almost a year. In December, um, in December of last year, I was in the hospital. I had my gallbladder out. Uh, it just added to the stress. It was right around the holidays. You've got the stress of the holidays. I can barely move. She's getting ready for a double mastectomy. Then the <clears throat> first couple of weeks of January, we find out, Or I find out at work that there's a good chance that within the coming months, at least one person in our department was going to be downsized out. So, again, you pile all this stuff together in the span of a couple of months. And I just, you know, again, went into depression and anxiety. And uh, there were days where there were weekends where I didn't. Well, I wouldn't say I stayed in bed all weekend, but, you know, I would stay in bed as long as I possibly could all day long. I didn't want to get out of bed and go to work. I didn't want to go leave the house. I didn't want to talk to anyone on the phone. Uh, people were calling my wife, asking what's wrong, why won't he answer my calls? But anyway, that's, that's what I was going through. Went back <clears throat> after a visit to the hospital for chest pains. They determined that you know, it was anxiety, and they put me in touch with a therapist, and I did, I did go see this therapist a few times. I then stopped going, to see him because I didn't feel he was helping me. The reason why I didn't feel he was helping me was because the first time I went to see him, he asked me about 45 minutes worth of questions, which I, all answer, which I answered every one of them. Um, he asked me questions about my life, about things I've done, my past, everything. And, and then after that, every time I saw him, he would just sit there and kind of stare at me and expect me to talk to him. And I'm the type of person that if you ask me a question – I will answer it. I'll, I'll answer it to the best of my ability, if you know, if it's something I I, I choose to answer. But I'm not just going to freely, in most cases, just freely offer up information and tell you my entire life story. I'm doing it tonight, but that's, that's I've already told you the purpose for that. So after a couple visits to that therapist, I stopped going. Um, you know, just kind of muddled through with the depression and anxiety and and then, you know, it came down to the wire with the job. I found out that I was <clears> – <throat> I had an option to – there were four positions in my department that were going to be narrowed down to three. I um, opted not to pursue a new position and was offered a severance package. I just didn't feel I, – I didn't feel comfortable with having to compete with people that I'd worked with four, five, ten, you know, years and go in there. It was different when you go into a job interview and you have to sell yourself other, over other candidates that you've never met. Here, I was being asked to, you know, essentially three men enter or four men enter, three men leave, a Thunderdome type situation. I just wasn't comfortable with it, and I said, you know what, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to move on. And August first will be my last day, and, and I'll take a severance. So I'm mostly enjoying my time off, and and I'm <clears throat> like I said, I'm doing a little writing. I am not rambling, Murph. Shut up. Uh, I'm trying to keep productive, doing some different things. and and, uh, I'm going to take your phone call, 646-478-4692 is the number. Um, Several of you have have said you want to call in. I believe Eddie is going to call in at some point. But since he – well, he is not here yet. And I'm going to bring on – everybody knows Dan. Uh, I know him as Murph. He's my buddy from South Florida. Murph, thanks (laughs) for calling in. How you doing?
0: Let me tell you
2: something. I graduated from college with that long story. With that what? <laughs> Stop. With a long story. Holy crap. You
1: know, what, you know what the problem is? Is that while I have a tendency when I'm by myself doing these shows, I have a tendency to get on the air when I'm by myself. I talk really fast, and then after 15 minutes, I'm out of things to say. And then I'm looking at the clock, and I'm looking at the phone number, and I'm playing clips. So tonight I tried to be a little slower, a little more deliberate. I tried to take. I also have a tendency because of the anxiety, and I've been nervous about this show all day, so I have a tendency to kind of uh, just lose my train of thought, so I was trying very much to stay in my notes, <laughs> to remember everything I wanted to say, and then you sent me the text, and you blow my, and then, of course, so now, of course, the anxiety's back. Thanks a lot, because now I'm nervous. And <laughs> this <is going> over. <laughs> a- a- anytime I can help anyway. you out, that's all right. There's no friend like an old friend. No, nah, you know,
2: it's, uh, but um, first of all, The first time I met him, I thought you were the biggest ass ever. I met you at Ricky's. It was like during some giant game. And I was like, you were screaming like a retard. And I was just like, this guy is a moron. And now we've become such close friends. And I'm just like, you know, you're you're like the coolest guy. And, you know, your wife, you know, what she's gone through. It's just like, you know, it, it means a lot. But my story, I'll give you my story, is, you know, I was born in 67, a a handsome young boy from Brooklyn, Marine Park, and uh, 1981, I had cancer. I had a spinal cord tumor, and um, they basically told me that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with your body, because I'm not fully developed, because, you know, I'm 14 years old. So, what happened was, you know, obviously, I beat cancer, and... You know, I I got uh, bad stomach problems. I have nerve damage in my stomach. You know, I wound up getting diagnosed with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, you know, so I've dealt with that. And then, you know, as the years have gone on, you know, I've dealt with stomach problems for years, and then I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is a muscle disorder, which is like chronic fatigue. You know, here I am now. You know, I turned 47 um, you know, September 7th. Anybody wants you're to send old. me gifts, I'm registered at Wells Fargo. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll send you a, a link for that. But, um, yeah, so you know, dealing with depression, you know, it's just when you get cancer at 14 and now you're 47 and you've been dealing with health issues for, you know, 33 years, you know, it wears on you. And right. Oh, sure. That basically is what happened to me and You know, I've been screwed over with a girlfriend, you know, the whole, you know, financially, you know, you live paycheck to paycheck like majority of America. And, you know, it was just, you know, hard to deal with. And, you know, so you you go on. I was on Elleville for years. That's like an old antidepressant. And, you know, I've been on Lexapro. And, you know, I swore, you know, I'm so anti-medicine you know, I take high blood pressure medicine because I have to, you know, I have IBS medicine, you know, whenever, whenever I need to take it, but you know, like antidepressant, I went off it like two years ago and I swore I would never go back on it. However, you know, I got screwed over at my job, you know, financial problems. And here I am like three weeks ago, I went on, you know, Lexapro before I went to New York and you know, it's, basically the best thing I ever did was, was go back on the antidepressants. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it's the thing that bothers me there, there are two things is first of all, is a stereotype is, you know, if you have a heart problem and you take medicine, nobody thinks you're a weaker person. If you have stomach problems, you take stomach pills, nobody thinks you're a weaker person. But right. if you have a problem with your brain and you take medicine, oh, my God, you know, Murph's suffering from depression. Right. He's a weaker person. Well, you know what? You know, I tell everybody, and I'm very, and Jim, you know me, you know, I know we're allowed to curse on here. I'd rather not curse a lot. But, um, you know, don't judge people if you're not going to walk in their shoes. Right. And I can tell you right now, um, you know, I'm tougher than a $2 steak, and there are people out there who are a lot tougher than me. But... You know, don't judge people without walking in their shoes. And, you know, th- that thing, you know, it's like, listen, it's, you know, whether it's your brain, your heart, your knee, or your foot, if you have an issue, you take medicine for it. Right. So don't judge somebody because they're taking medicine for their brain. <clears throat>
0: you know?
2: And, and the second thing is, is, you know, like some doctor, and let me tell you something, the doctor I have, you know, my my regular doctor, he's phenomenal. But there are some doctors out there that say, hey, you know what? Oh, you're depressed? Here's Lexapro, which is what I'm on. Okay, and here's uh, Alexa or, you know, the other medicines out there. And then they don't check up on you. You know, hey, hey you know, bye-bye, blah, blah, here's medicine. Then they'll check up on you in a month. Right. And then if you have other issues, like if you have a drinking problem or you know, a drug problem or whatever. And you know, that that combines it with that. That makes it worse. And now these doctors are just prescribing stuff because you know what? It makes them money. But yet you know, they don't understand that hey, you know what? If you're depressed or you're bipolar and you're bo- you're boosting it up, or if you're doing drugs, you know, help the person out and try to find the root of the problem instead of just going, well, you know what, well, you know, the medicine's not working. You know, we'll just you know try to figure it out. Right. And you know, I just think the doctors need to have a better approach to you know what's going on. Because, like I said, my my primary doctor is listen. I'm not bipolar. Never been suicidal. After all the stuff that I've been through, you know, I'm just that—that's not me. But like you said, when you see the Robin Williams stuff, and you hear the idiots out there that say, "Well, you know what? How can someone commit suicide?" That is, you know, you leave your whole family. You know, what? You know, I'm single, but if you're married. You know, you leave your wife, you leave your kids behind. But meanwhile, you don't understand that that depressed person is thinking, you know what? I don't want to be a burden to my wife, to my kids. The way I'm acting right now, it's not fair to them. Right. So, you know what? I'm out. And just they're better off without me. That's what these people, you know, that's what the depressed person is thinking. And you know that's what these people, you know, just and I, I can never take my life, but I see how, you know, like Robin Williams and other people are, you know, stuff like that. It's just, you know, the the people right now. I just and you know how I am. I'm just like, you know, my attitude sucks. I hate people. I don't want to meet people. (laughs) But you got my group of people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and
2: let me tell you something. I have, you know.
0: And, yeah, and when it when, it, when it comes know. to
2: the yeah when it comes to depression or anything else, it's if you have the support of people around you, and I cannot thank the, the numerous friends and family that have helped me out because you know you can piss and moan and then just call somebody and go hey by the way Jim, you know I'm depressed, lost my job, blah blah blah. But when it comes down to it, if you don't get off your ass and do something about it, you know, you're an idiot yourself. Right. Because I know you're going to be there for me, but if I don't get off my ass and do something about it, and, you know, for months, talking to my sister, and she said, well, you know, uh, you know, you need to be on antidepressants, I didn't listen to her, because I'm like, you know, I'm Murph, I'm, you know, Superman, you know, I overcame right. cancer. But right. then you realize that, hey, you know what? Holy crap! I mean, I can tell you right now, these past three weeks that I've had, besides my muscle sore, which is killing me, but but the mental way that I'm feeling right now is just, you know, phenomenal. And I can tell you right now, there's, you know, I'm not going off antidepressants for a long time. Mm-hmm. But you know, the- it's just you know, the, the whole the whole support. Don't cut me off; I will whoop your ass. I thought you were no, I thought you kidding. were
1: pausing. I was trying to jump into your pause. No, I, listen, <laughs> listen, I
2: don't pause. I don't pause but but anyway, the the main the main thing is the support thing and I cannot thank my friends, you know, certain family members. I cannot thank, but the people out there, you have to, you know, you can't keep it inside. You have to reach out to somebody, whether it's a friend, you know, wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, family member, coworker, whatever. But you know, if you're sitting there laying in bed w- w- with your head under the pillow and you're pissing and moaning to you or to whoever, you know, you have to make the effort to, you know, get better. Right. Because you can be depressed and, you, Jim, you can tell me, hey, you know what, Murph, you'll be all right. You know, you wake up tomorrow, you'll be fine. But you know what? If I don't make the right effort, you know, that's that's not going to happen.
1: Well, you know, okay, it's like na- – Okay, uh, na- now you can talk. Go, go ahead. There's your, Okay, there's your pause. Well, you know, I mean, it's like you know, I don't, I don't want to get into anybody's thoughts on religion, but there's an old phrase: "God helps those who help themselves." Well, you know, if you, if, regardless what your beliefs are, you just say life helps those that help themselves. You got to want to help yourself. You know, you gotta, you gotta think of the things yeah. that are gonna that that are going to help you. You know, and I talked about this a little bit in my blog. You know, there are. Sometimes it takes rooting out toxic people from your life or toxic situ- situations, whatever it may be. You know, it, it just depends on, on the situations that, that put you where you are right? You know, or, or how you got to where you are as to how you're going to get out of it. But, but you got to want it. Like you said, you know, you can't... You know, staying in bed all day is, is fine for a few days, but eventually you got to get up.
2: Well, you know what? Uh, uh, what happened with me is... You know, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. And then I then I was like, well, you know what? Uh, this is this is not a way to live. You know. Meanwhile, you know what happened was I don't want to get into it, but you know, family members stay with me. And what happened was, I have still mementos of what happened when, um, you know, I went through my cancer. I have like autographs that my sister got me um I got an autographed picture of Bear Bryant and in, in an envelope I have staples that came out of my back I had uh when I had cancer I had 52 staples that came out of my back oh wow and they're like pretty they look pretty disgusting right now but it was like a memento I was like you know what you know it's you know get off your ass and, you know, just deal with it that, you know, the way you should instead of just, you know, pissing and moaning and calling my sister or calling my friends or calling you and going, you know, I'm not doing too good. Okay. Well, what are you going to do to make it work? Right. You know, and, and and stuff's going to happen where you're going to have four good days in a row and you're going to have an awful fifth day, but you you have to, you know, if you can look in the mirror (laughs) and say, you know what, I'm doing what I need to do. You know, you, you just keep on moving. And, all, you know, all the people out there who are struggling, you know, whether you're depressed, bipolar, anxiety, or, you know, you're a Met fan, which is, you know, the worst thing ever. <laughs> which um, means you're all three. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um... <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's help out there. And even if you don't have, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, you know, I know down here, um, if you you know if you don't have a lot of money, you want to talk to somebody. There's like services that if you're on a grading scale, how much you make. If you need to talk to somebody, you know, if, say you make you know $400 a week. You know, you give them, you know you give them $40 a week. You can talk to a professional. You know, stuff like that is uh, you know, and I'm sure it's you know. I know you live in Arizona, and I you know people up there from you know New, New York and Philly or whatever. Um, but you know, there's stuff out there in every community that people need to look up, and you know, you know, just just Google anything, you know, in, right. in your community. There, there, you know, like help groups and all that. They're just phenomenal. Okay, the, I'm taking a break Go ahead.
1: The the United Way is a, is a good place to look um, for that. Also, if you work for a company that has an, what they call a, an EAP, which is an employee assistance program, uh, I have that. Yeah, on my job, yeah. They'll, they'll usually – you can call them, and it's it's completely discreet, and, you know, you tell them what's going on, and, and they'll be able to point you in the right direction. The employee assistance program that I uh, – at the company that I was working for, uh, they had offered counseling, and you got nine – the first nine sessions were free to help you with yeah. whatever issues you may be going to, and they even – they even extended that to me as part of my severance package i have that available to me through the end of the year should i wish to go through them and you know find counseling uh you know because of everything that's going on but i might you might want
2: to you you might want
1: to hold on to that cuz the way the giants offense is going you might want to you know have to make a couple calls on that one they're going to be fine well actually um i have i have an appointment next uh i believe it's next thursday for a new um, a new therapist that uh, works, in, they're they're part of a behavioral clinic where there are therapists and there are psychiatrists. Right. And I can I, I'll talk to a therapist first, and they will determine if I need to if I need to be uh, what do they call that escalated? You know, like when you call when yeah. you call a, a telemarketer. Oh, we got a we got a customer that needs to be escalated. So if I have to be but escalated. But, but, but me personally,
2: I cannot talk to a male professional. It has to be a female. I don't know why, but I, I just cannot talk to a guy. It has to be a woman.
1: Could, I don't know don't why. You feel like, but, I just feel like the guy is sitting there looking at you going, God, what a fucking pussy. <laughs> just suck it up, Nancy. And I've got you for that, Murph. I don't need to pay somebody to... Yeah, yeah. I, don't uh, yeah, pay I can do that for free. Those things. Right, exactly. No, I I, Honestly, you, I you don't, don't know like, why, but
2: I've, I've always gotten along with... Women. Then, I mean, honestly, there's probably a. If I open my door right now, there's probably a line of like 20 guys who want to kill me. But you know, the well, oh, Murphy's a good guy. Blah blah blah. But it's just, I don't know. It's like a comfort level. And you know, I I admit, you know, when I first saw a professional, it I you know, it was a male. And like the first two visits, I was like, you know, it was literally like talking to a roll of toilet paper. You know, I was I was just like, yeah, this isn't working. And then, you know, a woman, I was just like, oh, you know, it works out. And, you know, like I said, the whole sliding scale, and, you know, it's like, oh, you get 40 bucks a visit. And I have a thing at work where you can call, and it's like you get three free calls depending on the issue. Like if you're having a financial problem, you get three free calls. If you're having relationship problems, if you're having, you know, if you're suicidal, you get three. And so, you know, you could, you know, if you're smart, you could spread it out. So, but... I don't want to ramble for, like, four hours, but for all the people out there, there is help. And, you know, the people out there, you're going to realize you're going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You have to get the help. You know, there are people out there, and you have to surround yourself with And Let me tell you something. My friends are idiots. You know them. (laughs) You know, they'll run their heads through a wall. They'll throw up on themselves. But my friends are loyal. And they'll, you know, if I ever call them and say, you know, hey, listen, I'm having a problem, you know, emotionally, you know, they will drop everything to be with me. And you cannot put a price tag on that. And and family also. But, you know, it's just stuff like that. I cannot be more grateful for the people who have helped me out in my life. And, you know, I've realized it for a while, but. Like I said, for three weeks I've been a Lexapro, but you know what? And you know that I went to my cousin's wedding in New York, and Mm -hmm. words cannot describe how stressed I was before that. And I went to New York and just looking at the family and just talking to everybody. It was like a human enema. (laughs) You know, it it really was. And I, I just, you know, cannot, you know, just how thankful I am to the people who are in my life. And people think they're alone, but you're really not. You know, if you right. have two friends, that's two friends more than other people have. You know, if, if you don't have parents, they passed away. You still have aunts, uncles, cousins, and everything. You got to rely on them because if they're real family or if they're real friends, they're going to be there for you. That's
1: all I, I, I got. So, you know, you, you can cut me off. No, I was going to ask you if you want to stay on with me. You're... you're... I'm well, doing such I'm a terrific a role, hey, job. What's are that? there other people or yeah, well, they hung I've up? Got, they... I've got one, two, three, four. I've got four phone calls waiting. All right. Well, I'll, I'll hold on and let let someone else talk. Stay here with me. Go ahead. All, All right. Are they hot? Uh, <clears throat> not yet. Let me introduce them first. Seven three two nine two eight. You are on the air with Jim and Dan Murphy. Who's this?
3: It's Chris. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you?
1: I'm good. I hope, uh, I hope we're not rambling too much for you.
3: No, not at all. It's actually um, quite refreshing to hear.
1: Is it? Why, because, because mm-hmm. it's coming from, because it's from men?
3: No, we, no not oh. at all. Not for that reason, because it's oh. actually being discussed.
1: Oh, well, that, that was my goal.
3: So that's I need a, to thank both of you for is. opening up about that. You know,
1: I was, you know, I, I don't know, Dan, I don't know how you feel about this, but, but, yeah. you know, after I, yeah. after I wrote the first block. Right. I don't think there was anything brave about it, because quite frankly, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there was anything brave about what I did. I don't know if I'm brave. don't why, well, why you me know, so honestly,
2: honestly, it takes a lot because, like, like I said, when I first dealt with depression, you know, honestly, I thought, you know, people who dealt with depression, you know, those people who talk to trees, and you know, I I thought it chief from the cuckoo's nest, <laughs> which is my favorite movie of all time, which should have been, you know, my problem. But then, then you realize, like I said. You know, if you have problems with your heart. You take medication. Problems with your stomach. You know, it's just listen. It, it, it's a chemical imbalance. It doesn't make you a weaker person. You know, like I said, the people who know me, or know, you know, the woman that's on the phone right now, or you. It's just you know, you could be the toughest person ever, but you know, you, you have you know you have issues. Right. And you know the the the, the thing is that you just have to have the proper way to deal with it. So go ahead. Yes. Okay, I'm done. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> go
2: ahead. I had the biggest mouth ever. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> it's probably not a good thing, then, that the three of us are on the line together.
2: Yeah, probably not, but go ahead. I'm sorry. We talked <laughs> enough. Go ahead.
3: Um, I don't know what you want me to say. Say
2: whatever you I'm want. I'm looking at this
3: from a completely different perspective than you guys are. Because okay. I will speak. I'm, Give it
2: to us. Speak from the heart. Doesn't matter what you think. Just go ahead.
3: <laughs> I'm dealing with depression through my son. My son has it. He was just diagnosed um, in May. We had to have him hospitalized. Prior to that, um, he was How cutting, old is he? which he's fourteen. Okay. Um, prior to that, he was cutting, which um, we had found out through school through. He had shown, um, I guess, one of his friends in school what was – or said something to them, and it had gotten back to his guidance counselor. And they brought him down to the office. They talked with him through the school psychologist. They called me and my husband to go into the school. They told us what was going on and directed us to the route that we needed to go from there. Um, He started seeing – I think she's a licensed social worker, that he was seeing originally and she didn't want to put him on medicine, which at the time, because I was completely naive to what was going on and thinking it's hormonal. And, um, he had a couple of, I don't know, like uh, for his age, big blows come to him like one after another. And I just assumed once he got past it, he would be okay. Um, the social worker didn't want to medicate him. She went, On a whole different route with him, he wound up not liking her at all. Did not want to talk to her, did not want to go. It was like pulling teeth to get him to go to his appointments. Finally, she had said, um, I'm trying to, the timeline, the timeline where it snowballed was Monday he had an appointment in May, and after the appointment she said, can you take his next appointment next Monday? Because I don't think I can help him anymore anymore but I'm going to see him on, I think he had another appointment on Thursday with her. Okay. She goes, I'm going to see him on Thursday, and then the following Monday when he comes to see me, I want you and your husband to come in and we need to talk because we need to find a different route for him. I don't think I'm helping him. Um, I said, okay, that's fine. Thursday he went to his appointment. She never said another word to me, whatever. He had started journaling, which I figured was a good outlet as a girl who used to write in a diary all the time when I was his age, I figured, okay, he can get out whatever he needs to get out. That Friday, um, he left for school, and I need to say that he, he doesn't have any problems in school. There's, he's an honor roll student. There, he's straight A's. He's never not in school. He doesn't make excuses not to go. He joins everything he can possibly join, and it seems like socially he's okay, that day, he left for school, and he happened to leave his journal out on the couch. And I was straightening up after he left, and I'm like, I really want to kind of see what's in here, but, you know, as a mother, you want to respect the privacy. But I'm like, no, 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 I can't do this right now. Something's really off. And right. the very last entry in his journal was a predated suicide note that he wrote for that afternoon with a time and a date and everything on it. I was like, oh, my wow. God. So I called the woman, because I, the social worker, because I had nobody else to really call. She was like, oh, you have to go to school, you have to get him, you have to get him to the hospital. She wanted the cops there. She wanted me to take him out in an ambulance. I couldn't even imagine doing that. So I called my husband. I think
1: that would have just he made came it worse. Home.
3: Yeah, I, and I'm thinking, because school's not an issue for him. I do understand that there are kids that are his age that have problems in school, whether they're being bullied, whether they're experimenting with drugs, whether they're just not good students and they don't want to be there. We've, I mean, we've all been there. So, but that's not his issue. Something he's not going to, he's not going to try and flee. Um, My dad is having a lot of health issues, and that's where his brain was when I showed up and said, we need to leave, we have to go home. And he was like, oh my God, what happened to Papa? And I'm like, nope, come on, I'll talk to you about it when we got home. When he got home, my husband was here. We explained to him what I had found um, and that he needed to agree to basically go to the hospital because I didn't know what else to do. So he agreed to go. They put him on suicide watch. They admitted him into the crisis unit at um, in another county. And he was there for almost two weeks. And then after that, he graduated to, like, an IOP program where they kept him during the day, and he had school for a couple hours, and it was, like, three intense therapy sessions. And that just ended last week because what happens is, like, they graduate you down, and they lower your time, and then you go less days, and then... But the t- while he's there, he's talking to a psychiatrist, and he's talking to a social worker, and he's got group therapy, he's got individual therapy, and it was all that. He's now on Lexapro for mm-hmm. 20 milligrams. He has Abilify for 7 milligrams. The Abilify causes tremors with him because he's, like, hyper. So he's on Cogentin, which knocks that down so that he's not tremoring and if that's a word, sorry, I don't even know that's a word. Um, so that is he doesn't the have the side effects from that the apilify, and then he's on a. He's so
1: got to take uh, one pill just to counter, just to get rid of the side effects of the other pill. Yes,
3: yes, yes. Unreal. He's got to take a pill to counteract the side effects of the other pill, and then he's on. Let me, on well, a let me ask you a question. He
1: needs
2: it. How, how, how many doctors has he seen?
3: One, the so one psychiatrist through the, um, through the program that he was at. Okay. That he just graduated from.
2: Uh, Like I said, I'm no doctor, but maybe, you know, try another doctor and see if there's well, a different that's approach.
3: Part of the problem I'm having here is every psychiatrist we call to now maintain his meds is what they call it. To maintain his meds, um, nobody is taking kids. And the ones that do take kids don't take insurance. And my insurance that I have does not work out of network. They absolutely will not work out of network. So he has an appointment to see a new psychiatrist to find out about the medicine that he's on and to see, like, it's, it's gonna have to, he's going to have to go all through it again, like, go, like it's an hour-and-a-half appointment of just trying to figure out who this kid is and what medicine he's on, and it's $580 just to walk in the door to talk to this person.
0: Jesus, right. And there's
3: nobody else around that will take a kid that's on medicine.
1: Wow. Uh, now, did they, have they figured out what the cause was, What's the, what started um, he, this? They,
3: they diagnosed him with di- depression and anxiety. They said the depression had been going on for so long that made his anxiety like worse, like they were feeding off of each other.
0: Right. How long has and he been have,
3: on meds? He's been on meds now since May, since the end of May. Okay. He started off. He started off with like the lowest dose they could give you of Lexapro, which I want to say is five milligrams. And then now he's I think in, it, I, throughout I think it's the time and
2: but the homie to it. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: No, no, no. I mean he's. I don't, for lack of a better term, has leveled off. I don't want to say better, but he's he has definitely leveled off. Where, um, you can you can hold a conversation with him now without him like he'll respond more than a yes or a no. But through this process, we found out that he he's very black or white. There's no in between with him at all. There's absolutely no in between. He he has no idea what other feelings are. So like, if Mm -hmm. you have, if you're disappointed in something, like I don't know, you wanted peanut M and M's and they don't have any and they're out and you go and you're disappointed and you're like, oh, to him that's like a tragedy. There's
0: devastating. (laughs) Yeah, devastating. Yeah.
3: Yes, yeah, it's the... everything everything is devastating, or it's, and there's really no, he has no high. Like, there's no thing that you can, like, say, like surfing. Like, you enjoy surfing, or, you know, you enjoy going to the beach. That makes you happy. He has no answer for you when it comes to that. There's no happy no matter what. He does things, and he'll do things, but they never they never bring him up, ever.
0: So, but
2: Even on he medicine, to... it doesn't bring him up. Before he went through the stuff, did he have any hobbies that he really enjoyed or you know, before he started dealing with depression or you know, sports or you know, whatever no, painting it, or whatever?
3: Nothing has changed at all since he's he's saying he had told his doctors prior that that the best date that they could start was around fourth grade was when he started feeling like this. And I'm trying to think right. back you know, that far and I'm like I don't I I can't. I can't think of anything that would have triggered there was no death in the family. There was no, you know, nothing that would have like been. Oh, that's where it started. There was no start, but he'll tell you it was fourth grade, and none of his activities have changed um, since since then. He's still but in karate. He still runs. Did, he, still, have ho- like, did he have
2: did he Did he have hobbies back then? I'm sorry to cut. Yeah, but did he have hobbies I back then?
3: Like hobbies, like.
2: What, what, like, did he play sports? Did he like to paint, or did, you know, whatever? Was he a runner, um, or whatever? They,
3: they do Um, he does karate. Uh
0: huh.
3: And well, that's like the only. So he likes to do sports that are individualized and not teamed, like. Okay. Running like All cross in. country, like track. You're on a team, but you're by yourself. So.
2: so does he like to do that now, or did he stop yeah, that? Yeah, he
3: still. Yeah, he still does it now, but it's not something that he'll tell you he enjoys. He just does it. Right. <laughs> so, but it's it's been it's been a major eye opener, like a major eye opener to, and I feel I feel completely by myself in this because there's nobody else, and it must be. And I'm not comparing my feeling to how you guys feel, how your how your depression makes you feel. But I know you mentioned before you feel alone, and don't feel alone because there's other people going through it, but I honestly, from my point of view of this, I cannot find you know, there are support groups, but these kids are older and these kids all have like there's like drinking problems like I in right. a support group thinking, okay, oh wait finally, I found parents who, you know are here because they're they need help with like dealing with this as a parent and how to deal with it as a parent what to say and what to do, and it turns out that their 18 year old is just you know, going out drinking and stealing their car and that's not the same thing, whether that kid is depressed or not, they never said but I can't find anyone at all that's actually going through this where I can just say, oh, thank God, come here and give me a hug because I know exactly what you're going through. But the only yeah, advice it's... that I have is, is if anybody, like, just listen. You can't, you can't listen with the intent to reply at all. You have to just, like, completely just listen to what they say whenever they say it, no matter what time it is, the day, night, morning, whatever. I, got, I get woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning because he's not <laughs> sleeping because he needs to talk because yeah. that's a bad time for him, Right. even on sleep right. medicine.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny what you said before about how, how the slightest, you know, the littlest thing, like the, you said, the peanut M&Ms can can devastate that type of, th- maybe not that type of, th- but not getting, something not going right can, can alter an right. entire day for me. Yep. It could be 8 o'clock in the him morning too. and... I, it could be 8 o'clock in the morning, and it could be the dumbest thing. I'll go to the gas station, and I'll need to squeegee my windows, and there'll be no water in the bucket. And it'll just piss <laughs> me off, and that's it. It takes me yep. hours to recover from shit like that. And yep. what, Dan, what you were saying about how, you know, I, I forget how exactly I'm paraphrasing, but you said something about how you may feel great for four days, but then the fifth day might suck. But that can, yeah, brutal. Be, yeah. but that can be hours for me sometimes could have I could have I could have, yeah. a, I could have yeah. a great afternoon and then dinner time something happens and boom my night is shit you know, it's yeah just oh it's so frustrating frustrating sometimes
2: but like I said all, all you can do is, is you know I know it's hard on you but all you can do whether it's three in the morning four in the morning if you know he wakes you up just be there for him and support him oh
3: yeah and that's
2: because, because I, I can't it, imagine it,
3: I can't imagine somebody not doing that. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who are well, you know. Well, unfortunately, and what's really there, funny there are is people I, out there. I have my father. My father. I love my father to death. My father is so old school, and his train of thought is like, you just need a kick in the rear, you know, or you need to get over this, or go like yeah. that's his response, and that's I know like you can't say that you can't. You can't say something like that to somebody who's not feeling anything at all.
2: Yeah. There's, I mean, my, when there's my no my feeling, dad my da, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No,
3: no, no, go ahead, go ahead.
2: No, you know, my dad who who's the one of the greatest guys ever is, you know, you'll be okay. I could tell I could call my dad tomorrow. And go, hey, by the way, I got cancer again. Oh, you'll be okay. uh... Oh, you know what? Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, it, it's just like cuz he doesn't want to suffer and he doesn't want to see me suffer. And that's why, you know, you, you try to put on the big face, but, you know, the support that your son is going to feel, you know, when he wakes you up at 4.30 in the morning and you tell him, hey, you know what, as bad as it is right now, tomorrow's another day. Yep. You know, you My get through it. My son describes
3: it to me as wearing like wearing a mask. He puts on a mask. To, for him, his daily routine would be going to school. Like, he gets up, he gets takes a shower, puts on his mask, goes to school, does what he's supposed to do, and then when he's by himself and when he has time to think and when he has time to, you know, whatever, that's when his problem or trouble would start for him. Right. Like, he needs to constantly, they, they said, oh, they, they almost diagnosed it as hypermania, which is like a step below being bipolar. He's not bipolar, but his brain is going so fast all the time and his body isn't. Like because he's, you know, like it's three o'clock in the morning. He's supposed to be asleep. He's in bed. His brain is going. His body's not moving, and that makes it worse.
1: Even oh, with the meds feeling. that
3: have regulated it.
1: That was me. At, that right. was me at four o'clock this morning. If I don't take a Xanax to go with whatever I take, whatever I decide to take to sleep through the night. If I don't take the Xanax, I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and can't turn the brain off. And that's what happened to me last night. Because I try not to take, you know. I try not to take the same pill. I have I have Ambien, I have Trazodone, which is an antidepressant, but my doctor prescribed it for me because it does work for insomnia. And then I'm supposed to take Xanax, but I try not to take. You're you're not supposed to take the Xanax with Ambien, and I try not to take the Xanax every night because I'm scared to death of getting hooked on anything. I try. Well, not you're to not supposed take to take the Xanax
3: night. all the time either. Like you're not supposed to take that. That's supposed to be like a like if you feel a panic attack coming on then you would take whatever Last report, that you yeah. have but the right. longer you take it and the longer you go on it that also becomes the depressant for you like alcohol would be to an alcoholic right it's the same so, it's the same feeling but i understand what you're saying like once you're up and that's him he has like a very short sleep cycle he only sleeps for 4 hours and he's on the trazodone trez, i think that's what it is trazodone he has that too it's supposed to help with the depression and right. it has the sleep inhibitor inhibitor in it, but he sleeps like it's a nap. That's it, and that's all he sleeps.
2: It, it does which help, which contributes it, to
3: it, because now you're tired on top of being whatever, and your brain is still going, and it's like one big cycle. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No
1: worries. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't. No worries. I don't think the trazodone helps. I honestly, I don't think it's helped me much with the uh, from an antidepressant standpoint, but. I don't know how my dosage compares as far as uh, – how do I put this? If they were giving it to me for the sole purpose of being an antidepressant, did they give me a high enough dosage? Does that make sense? They may have just given me enough to put me to sleep at night is what I'm saying.
3: So That's probably now, what they did because it's my understanding, because this is all new to me in doing my research on the medica- medication that he's on. It's my understanding that it boosts the Lexapro – like for when it's, is that the mood inhibitor or is that the Abilify? One of them. It boosts the other one because it's 24 hours, the medicine. So at night when it starts to wear off, this the Trezadone kicks it back into play for a little while to get you through until your dose is due the next morning. Right. So you you probably have it more for the sleep sleep as opposed to it's not helping you with the depression part of it because you're not taking anything right now in terms of depression medicine other than xanax which is anxiety
1: now see now joe catroni in our chat room just brought up a great point that uh weed is (laughs) is great for (laughs) anxiety and weed was just approved here in arizona for people who have been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder which i Mm -hmm. also have been which i also have been uh diagnosed with but but that doesn't mean that if yeah. I go for a job where they drug test me, that doesn't mean that I'll, you know, I if I fail the drug test, I still won't get the job, regardless of what my my uh, prescription says. So anyway, right, well, Chris, we're gonna, I want to take some other calls before we get done, but yeah, I want to tell you, yeah, thank you so that, much. Thank you, fantastic. Thank call you, Chris. Thanks for calling. A lot of good information, and I, I hope um, I hope everything goes well, and I hope your son is doing doing better.
3: Thank you, One thank you. And I'm here if anybody needs to talk to me. <laughs> I swear okay. to God, I don't care what time it is, I'm up anyway. You might as well just text <laughs> me or call me. No problem. All right.
1: <laughs> All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Take
3: care. Bye-bye. Bye. All
1: right. Bye-bye. All right. Now, I uh, we're going to get <laughs> – we're like uh, – this is like uh, Lucy's uh, psychiatric. Yeah. I want to say hello to Eddie. Yeah. Eddie is here. Eddie, how are you? Hey. Hello. There you are. Hi. How are you?
4: Doing good. How are you? <laughs> I was just listening in. I actually muted myself because I wanted to like hone in on um, the conversation. Oh,
2: this is this Eddie Geico? That is. Yeah, this is Eddie old. Geico. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a lock for you. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah.
4: You know how to fix. No, me. go ahead. Go ahead, Eddie. No, yeah. no. I, I'm just kind of listening and, and taking it in. I, one thing I would caution anybody out there, you know, people's experiences vary depending on medication. So one time some person may say, this doesn't work, or that doesn't work, or they may say, oh, I heard that might be bad. That just will cause more anxiety with you, worrying about what people say. And listen, some advice is great and can give you some tools, but, uh, oh, yeah. you know, like, oh, uh, no, at...
2: every, every person is different. You know, Lexapro might work for me, doesn't work for Jim. You know, it, right. it's Xanax might work for Jim, doesn't work for me. Every person's different, but but the whole thing is you have to make the effort to get better, and that th- that's the Absolutely.
4: biggest thing. And I and I, I I also strongly feel that uh medication is just kind of a band-aid You really need to get and talk to somebody uh about Absolutely. your issues. I mean, that's the only way it it really can be done. I mean, this is you know, again, it's my opinion. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm not a doctor like you said, Murph. But uh, it, you're not it, a doctor. It, no, not yet. I'm working on my oh, degree. Three okay. credits shy. Okay, but, Uh on. Um, I I do. You know, it, it's kind of like they always use this analogy in therapy that it's kind of like peeling away at an onion, and then you peel, peel through the layers, and you finally get to what really is driving. Uh, these negative thoughts or these these things that kind of uh, you know interfere with you having a fulfilling life. So that's that's just right. my take. No, I
2: yeah, no. you know, like you said, you're exactly. You, you can hit the perfect medicine, but you know if you keep it all inside and you don't talk to anybody, you know, you're just going to boil over, and it doesn't end well for anybody. You know what? You know, however, you know, whatever happens, but yeah, you're exactly right. You know, you get the right medicine, but you have to talk to somebody, or you know, and you have to do it the right way. You know, I could talk to Jim every day, Jim. I'm depressed, blah blah blah. But you know, Jim's not a professional. You know, you have to talk to somebody. Just just get it out in the open to learn. You know how to deal with it the proper way. That's the whole thing.
1: To <clears throat> I'm deal just with a it the proper way. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. I'm a kind of yeah. That's my specialty.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but um. <laughs>
1: No, but you're right. I, you know, assholes. Yeah.
2: yeah. No. No. Eddie's right though. You have to, you know, have to deal with it the right way, and you know, you talk to a professional, and you know, the the uh, the, the woman who called before, it's, you know, her son only saw one doctor. Go go to another doctor. Yeah. Don't you take know, one doctor.
4: Yeah. You know, I, I just,
2: you know, like I said, you know, these doctors are like. Oh, by the way, you're bipolar. Here, here's three meds. I'll see you in a month. No, that's not the way it works. And if I have a heart problem, you're going to give me medicine and go, hey, I'll see you in two, three days. You know, because they they don't want you to drop that, but all of a sudden, you know, they think that if you have a mental issue, you're going to be good for two, three weeks. It doesn't happen that way. You know, your mind is everything.
4: Yeah, and a lot of times what they will do, and especially if you hit the wrong doctors, is they know you're depressed. They know that you're having some kind of issue. And if you've never dealt it with, with it before you're kind of looking for there's something wrong with it you're, I mean, you're desperate because this is something that's never you know, happened before in your life you think you're going nuts you think you're going crazy so there will be doctors out there that will take advantage of that and you know charge you absorbent rates to, to see them As somebody in the chat room said uh, I think it was Morocco said they wanted to charge him $300 for a visit I mean that's ridiculous and right, a lot of yeah. times they want to they want to throw pills at you in order to get you the quick fix, and a lot of times it's driven by the almighty dollar. I mean, there are drug reps in the you know the, in those uh, psychiatric offices coming in every day, pushing their drugs, telling you, to do, "I'll give you free samples." Push this to the right. client, get this going, and uh, you know, so, so you really have to you really have like you said look around you know for any other element you would want a second opinion well, your mind you certainly should give it even more priority
1: just to give you And a the quick. thing is you
0: know,
4: a, a
2: lot of people are especially with the mind they're you know you're not ashamed to admit that hey by the way I have high blood pressure or you know I have fibromyalgia or IBS but a lot of people are ashamed to say hey by the way I suffer from depression and they don't want to get the help You know, you you can't be ashamed. Listen, I don't give a crap what people think of me. You you make fun of my health, you're cut out of my life for good. You know, listen, I've already said, you know, what I've gone through, you know, health-wise. So, you know what, I have no shame, but we'll have to realize, hey, you know what, you suffer from depression. Big deal. You know what, get the help. Live your life. You know, life is short. So, you know, if life is short, you might as well, you know, live the right way. And that's what you have to do. You have to get the right medicine. And like at the gym, you know, Lexapro might work for me. It doesn't work for Jim. Doesn't work for Eddie or whatever. And you know, listen, if your doctor's not working for you, you know, get another doctor. You know, if, if you're going to school for math and your math teacher sucks, you're gonna get another math teacher. Right. Yeah, that's what you got to do.
1: Well, that's why I'm gonna try a different. Uh, I'm gonna try a different therapist next week. Uh, yeah, oh. essentially. Uh, I'm going to bring on another call. Murph, are you going to stay with us? Ed, you going to stay with us? Um, hey, am I getting paid yeah. for this? Because I'm, I'm really tired. I'll give you double what I'm getting.
2: Okay, go ahead. Next.
1: <laughs> Eddie, are staying with us? Yeah, for a little bit longer, yeah. Oh, uh, Jesus. Okay, go ahead. Good evening to Amy Hernano. Hi. How are Hi. you? Hello, Amy. Hello good to hear from on?
5: you <laughs> it's good it's good to, it's good to talk to you what- well, what
2: well, well, you're you're talking to dewey cheatham and Hal. go ahead <laughs>
5: um no it's actually this is this has been um it's been really cool i mean not cool that people are having you know issues but just you know to, to kind of get to talk to other people because i mean
2: yes absolutely this is an outlet for everybody
1: that was, that was my goal.
2: That was yeah. my goal.
5: <clears throat> Succeeding handsomely so far, Jim.
1: Oh, thank you. I do appreciate it.
2: Well, I can tell you Especially right now, he's far from handsome, but go ahead. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's not nice.
2: Yeah, I know. Anyways, go ahead.
5: Um, well, <laughs> you know, from my own personal story, I mean, anxiety is more my thing. Um, I mean, there's been depression, too. Um but primarily at the times when the anxiety was the worst and uh i uh I was diagnosed with o c d and generalized anxiety disorder um and agoraphobia in two thousand eight two thousand seven or two thousand eight um it was winter, so it could have been either year um, but i I was on medication at first. I mean, I was, I was literally to the point where I, I didn't leave the house unless I had to. So, to go to work, because I'm a checker. There's different forms of OCD. Checking was always my mm-hmm. thing. The stove, the door locks, the faucets, the light switches, everything. I had to check everything. And I would leave the house, and I'd get halfway to the bus stop, and I'd say, let me go back and check one more time. Right. And I'd miss my bus and I'd be late for work. I'd say, but it's worth it in the end because... You know, I, I mean, I once took my entire lunch break to go home because I was afraid I'd left the iron on. And I hadn't left the iron on. I had unplugged the iron and placed it in the bathtub to make sure that it couldn't set anything on fire. And uh, so <sighs> finally, it got to a point where I, I just... I, I had to do... I, I actually... And I've never actually never never really told anybody this, but um, I cut exclusive. myself. It is an exclusive. I cut myself. Mm. Um,
0: okay.
5: As an as an anxiety release, everything would get so pent up, and I felt like I couldn't vent. And uh, so I still have some some scars. It was, it was superficial. Did only, never.
2: Did you only do it once?
5: No. No. No, I, okay. I, I did it quite frequently. Okay. Um. Hmm. But you know, not a lot of people. Yeah. You know, my brother lived with me for a while, so so he ended up finding out about it. Um, and was very concerned. He, he you know, police. So well, I me. think
4: that's. I think that's very brave of you to say, even you know, because just to, to get it out there. You know, a lot of times you just keep all this stuff in you. And just to let us know, you know, the you know the, whoever's listening, just letting it out—that's a, the that's a form of therapy in itself. So that's pretty cool that you did that. Absolutely.
5: Yeah, I'm kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of surprised that I did, but um, but did, it's good. Uh,
2: did you did you seek We're help for that after to. you cut yourself, or
5: um, it, it was I I thought actually it was kind of interesting. The person that got me to go seek help was. Uh, a woman that I worked with who I had become friends with and she was a former Marine, an Iraq War veteran um, and came back from the war like completely screwed by PTSD, substance abuse, like the whole thing. And she, uh, she had her own issues but Mm -hmm. she, she sort of latched on to me. She and her kids. She had had two, two little girls. And, uh, she just kind of. I kept trying to retreat because she kept trying to get a little closer and, and learn a little more, and I'm, you know, I, I kept backing up. And okay, she convinced me to go talk to somebody, which was funny because she refused to talk to anybody. About now, do, do you
2: feel? Do you feel that helped though?
5: Um, yeah, I mean it was it was kind of somebody saying that you know no matter what you're not I'm not going to let you back out of this. She just kind of wouldn't right. let it happen, right? And you know, so that was kind of. I went to talk to somebody, and they did put me on medication. Um, I they, they put me on uh, Zoloft, which is an antidepressant, mm-hmm. but is right. in higher doses is used for OCD. But they didn't put me on a high enough dose. Um, I think it was on fifty milligrams a day. Um. And. It didn't really do anything, and it was expensive. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm not going to take this anymore. Um, And then I was on... uh, I had had panic attacks, the agoraphobia being in crowded places. The supermarket, I did all my grocery shopping at 7 in the morning on Saturday. Okay. Because there's nobody in the supermarket. And so they gave me Ativan for panic attacks. Um but eventually i got to a point that that kind of messed me up and uh so i just i i gave that up the therapy probably helped me more than anything else
1: the will so help I, with the panic attacks
5: oh it definitely helped with the panic attacks it but did. you know then you become tempted to you know you know to take it you know oh i could just sit and relax a little bit more and and i was t- I, I was I, I started to kind of abuse it
1: gotcha okay
5: and, and it wasn't an issue at that point, but I could see that it could be it could become an issue.
1: Right. So. Well, sure. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, I feel. The, I mean, I feel the same way. You know about about Xanax. You know, you, you sit there and you know it's it got it got really easy when when things were were really getting tense at my job, and then I started carrying the bottle with me to work, which I never did. You know, the bottle was just for. At night, if I needed one before I went to sleep, just to get me, just so I could sleep peacefully and not wake up in the middle of the night and be awake for two hours. But then the next thing I know, well, maybe I should take. Uh, things are getting tense at work. Maybe I should try taking one while I'm at work. And then I'd be taking one at work and one before I went to bed. And then it's like, oh, you know, well, well, maybe another half in the afternoon just to. And then finally, I just said, all right, you know what? The bottle's staying home. <laughs> Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and I just needed to kind of accept that. That the pill wasn't going to change what was going to happen, <laughs> you know, it yeah, was still going to happen, <clears throat> and I was just going to have to deal with it.
5: Um, it's, I'm glad that you realized that because, yeah i I had kind of a, I had a kind of a close call. Um, I, I I took a couple of of the Ativan while I was um, drinking, which is not really a great combination.
2: No, that's no um, bueno. That's no bueno
1: right there. <laughs> no, really, really no bueno. No bueno. No bueno, yeah. You um, you probably found that out, Amy.
5: I fell asleep with a cigarette in my hand.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. So, yeah, I mean,
5: I, I, I could have killed myself. <laughs> yeah.
2: So after you that, you,
5: I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to throw the rest of these away. I don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fill it So those refills. <laughs>
2: So Amy, um, after after the uh, but before Jim rudely cut me off, which he does often, um, after the therapy, did you cut yourself again, or you, you've been clean with that, or?
5: Um, no, it's been it's been year it's been years. Okay, well,
2: you know, you, you should be first of all you should be proud of that. Second of all, you build on that, and you know, just you know, you can only deal with one problem at one time.
5: You know, whether it's
2: anxiety or cutting yourself or, you know, if you think your biggest problem is cutting yourself, you deal with that. And then if you think it's anxiety, you deal with that. You know, it's just what happens is a lot of people who deal with depression and anxiety and, you know, cutting yourself, you try to put everything on one plate. And it's just so overwhelming that just, you know, one thing, one time. And just that's my advice. You you can deal with it however you want, but... You know, that, 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 you know, that seems to be my best option.
5: I mean, for me, the anxiety was the number one thing that I had to deal with because, and you know what, I still have anxiety. You know? But I do mean, you feel you're getting better? Oh, I'm much better. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. happier now go. than I've probably ever been. You know, but it's, it's not that I have, that I, that I don't worry. It's that it's easier for, my, for me to talk myself down. No?
2: Yeah, it's just easier to deal with, yeah. It's, instead of thinking about it for a half hour, you think about it for ten minutes. And it's, just hey, okay, this is what I need to do. Okay, move on.
5: It's much easier for me to kind of relinquish control now and, and when I point out to myself that something is beyond my control. Like if I'm stuck in traffic, I like my job, I hate my commute.
0: <laughs>
5: I I have, you know, I'll start to get just really antsy and really anxious, and and then I'll tell myself, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. There's a dump truck in front of you, and he's going to go 28 miles an hour the whole way, and you can't do anything about that. And these days I find it's easier for me to say, oh, you know what? There's no point in me worrying about that if there's nothing I can do about it.
2: Yeah. Just r- run him off the road and just go on
1: with your day. <laughs> exactly. That focus yeah, on my, the things you can control
5: my my civic is going to run the dump truck off the road,
1: <laughs>
5: sure, yeah,
2: I've seen it happen. It was on cops before once,
5: but uh yeah, I mean, things have been really, really, really good lately
1: and that's good that's good to and, hear and
5: i I really put a lot of that on on just the stuff that I learned when I was in therapy and the methods that I learned to, to kind of deal with with the feelings and with the anxiety and you know but part of it also is is you know just getting to i've i've come to realize much more and accept myself as who i am much more
2: listen nobody's perfect and uh, like i said before is you know uh, you make the effort and you know compared to where you were 4 years ago to where you are now you know, you m- make any effort to deal with anxiety, to deal with cutting yourself, to deal with depression, you know, like I said, you're going to have four good days and you're going to have a bad day, but you know what? Those four days, four good days are always going to outweigh the bad day, and you have to build on that because, you know, it's, it's you know, depression, it, it sucks. It is the worst thing ever. I've dealt with everything, and honestly, it, it it really mentally just wears on you, but you know, you deal with it the right way. You talk to people. You take the, you know, you take the right medicine. And you know, listen, it's it's not easy. But like you said, you know, you deal with it the right way, and you know, you you make the right effort, and you know, you'll be all right. You know, so I just, you know, like I said, one day at a time.
5: It is, it. you know, and I've had I've had highs and lows. I've, it's been a very interesting, very interesting existence on this planet for me.
2: Stuff. Oh, nobody's perfect. Like I said, like, everybody, you
0: know,
5: you know. I'm I'm actually looking forward to now. Like now I'm getting old and I'm all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is great. I want to go out and do all these things that I always said that I was going to do. And
2: there you I'm go. like. Listen, you know, if you see the light, you, you, you're still breathing. So, you know, what? if you want to go away for a weekend or if you want to take, you know, whatever. You have kids, you want to take your kids away or whatever you want to do. That's you know if you, if you see the light you wake up in the morning you see light you're good so you know you make the best of that and just move on.
5: Yeah, it's, it's um you know and again, it, it's always gonna it's always gonna, going to be there, the, the 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 worrying and the you know getting these obsessive kind of thoughts in my head. It's always going to happen. Of course. It's just yes. it's how you, you you have to learn how to deal with it.
2: Exactly. You know, it's not
5: ever gonna just go away. But you just learn no. you learn how
2: to deal with it. It's just I like know. you know I I talked to I talked to Jim about you know when he was first going through his stuff and you know he uses the word disease. I don't like saying the word disease. You know, I just think it's an illness. It's an issue. You know it's not a problem. It's a disease. It's you know it's an illness. Now, I just think if you say disease you know have a mental disease it just sounds so crippling. And you have to look at it in a positive way. Hey, you know what? I have an illness, just like the flu. You know, or or you know what? I, I stomach virus or whatever. You have an issue. Just you know, deal with it the right way. And you know, just you, you got to take it one day at a time. You can't you can't look you know two weeks from now or a week from now and say, okay, let me try to figure it out this way. Just you know, just one day at a time.
1: That's all you can do. Well, see. I would argue that an illness is something that typically goes away in a few days. Can we can we agree on disorder?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I would disorder. No, I think a disorder in the court. I was thinking the three Stooges. <laughs> you
1: know,
2: so I just uh, yeah, I, I just I don't like that disease because I think disease uh, sounds terminal. You know, I just <laughs> it, it's not you know. Depression isn't terminal. It's just it's an illness. It's an issue, whatever you want to call it. It's a, a, that whole disease, I just it, it makes me want to vomit when I hear that word.
5: Because when people hear disease, the they they think cancer or you know.
2: Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's you yeah, it's like, so definitely It's you think
5: know, serious, but
2: you know, it's it, 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 just like the disease. It's like you know, hey, by the way, he lost his battle with cancer. No, 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 no. Listen, if you battle with cancer, you're already a hero. So you know what, you just decided not to fight anymore. That's the way I look at it. These whole people, hey, by the way, um, she lost her battle with breast cancer. No, she didn't. No, so she battled through that. You know, she's a rock. She's a hero. And, you know, I just, uh, that's the whole thing. A lot of stuff with the whole medical stuff, people always try to put, like, a negative thing on it. And it just, it, like the whole can, it makes me want to puke when I hear that. Oh, by the way, so and so lost their battle with breast cancer. No, no, you don't know what she went through. Did you know what she battled? No, she's a hero for going through cancer. Right. She chose. Some- you know what? I just don't want. I just don't want my family to suffer anymore. So I just choose to go this route. That's the way I look at it. That's the way everybody should look at it. But that's my opinion.
5: Yeah, I. <laughs> I three three immediate family members of, of mine have died from cancer. And, yeah. Uh, my I mother was five, on I... her third brain tumor, and she said yeah. enough is enough. Mm. Uh, I can't blame her. She was sick for three years.
2: Yes. That's, so, you
5: know. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, Amy, I think we're getting ready to wrap up. But... And, uh, uh,
5: I'm, I'm, I'm you glad I got calling. to call
1: in. Yes, I'm, thank you for I, calling, Amy. You call in anytime. I. <laughs> I had uh, reached out to you a couple of days ago and asked you if you would call in, and you were you were more than willing, and and I do appreciate it, and and um, it took a lot of guts, and I appreciate it, especially since you were just on the phone with all men.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Jim. It's
1: it, no, it was
5: good. I'm yeah, glad I did it. All Don't right, judge, so we're... Okay.
1: Absolutely not. All right, we're a couple of weeks from hockey, Amy, and I expect to hear you calling into Blue Shirt Underground Radio on a regular basis.
5: <laughs> you got it.
1: All right, we'll talk to you soon. Take care.
5: Thanks, guys.
1: Have a, have a good nice. night, Amy.
5: You guys too. Take care. Bye. Thank
1: Bye. you.
2: Bye. All right, we have... We have this run is the, the hardest the $500 I've ever made in my entire life, I can tell you that right now.
1: You're getting $500 for this?
2: Oh you didn't know no but Nobody
1: told me honestly it
2: it it really feels good that just you know people feel comfortable to just call and just you know let it out right, and well, you know, what, know whether it's something that I said or the slim chance of something you said was you know good right. um no it 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 honestly you know all joking aside it you know it's. You know because it might be, like I said, it might be something I said or something you said that really hit him and said, "Okay, let me try this," or you know, let me try that."
1: right, And the great thing is is that these are everybody that's called, everybody that's listening tonight, at least right now, these are all people that are part of the community that we've you know built over the last five years, so you know we're we're like a right. dysfunctional family, so I think everybody's pretty comfortable calling with you know and talking about just about anything. Uh, I do want to read something before we uh before oh, we God. go off the uh no, it's nothing bad. Uh When did you learn sorry. how to read? Stop. Uh, this show is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken au- digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is www.audibletrial.com slash blueshirtunderground, you will get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. You can pick up books like The Game of My Life, where Ranger greats, since I know you're all Ranger fans, such as Marc Messier, Frank Boucher, and Yaramir Yager talk to the late, great John Halligan about their favorite Ranger memories, the making of Slapshot, a behind-the-scenes look at the greatest hockey movie ever made, or one of the greatest sports books ever written, The Bronx Zoo, the inside story of the 1987, excuse me, 1978 New York Yankees support our radio programs and our endeavors and sign up for your free trial at audible.com today at www.audibletrial.com slash blueshirtunderground. And thank you to those of you that have already signed up. We do appreciate it. So we have, where are we? We have 10 minutes left. No callers. Eddie, any thoughts? You want to throw anything hockey-related out, football-related? You want to talk about your J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? About another championship uh, season at the, at the at the at the ready. Anything? No, I uh, the Mets. I I don't think we should talk
4: about sports. This is a uh, serious program, and uh, it's all right. I okay, just wanted, yeah, but... I just wanted to reiterate uh, with uh, what Amy was talking about is that she kind of got better after getting some. Uh, some therapy and and learning to deal with anxiety uh, through cognitive therapy, which is to to stop those thoughts when they cross your head and to know the triggers and to uh, know how to deal with them. That's very important. Um, And if you get a good
0: therapist, uh,
4: they will give you the techniques to stop this crazy way of thinking, because it, it, it's, you know, legitimately crazy, it's just, uh, those negative thoughts pop in, and where they come from, you eventually find out, but until you do, it, it's good to have some techniques to block them, like, why am I thinking this way, this is just, like, again, a lot of times, you, when you hear it from another person, it sounds crazy, but to you, this is how you live your life. You know, and so I think sometimes you always you always need that other person to you tell you like you know kind of make put it out plainly for you. And sometimes it works. They throw a lot of stuff at you. Some of this you just say, ah, oh, that's bullshit. I know that. Come on, you know. But occasionally something sticks with you, and, right. and that's the thing that helps you overcome whatever's ailing you.
1: Right. And, and like I said at the top of the show. You know, my only goal, and, and maybe we'll do this again because there are a couple of people who wanted to call in tonight and didn't get a chance. All I want, all I want to do, is raise a little awareness. If we get somebody, you know, thinking about it, and maybe somebody listens and says, "Hey, you know, here's here's Dan Murphy. I've heard him call in with his football picks, and geez, he's gone through this too. Well, you know, if he can do it, you know, I can too. And let me make that call tomorrow, or you know, here's." Jim, a guy that you know, I've listened to his radio shows now for five years, and you know, I'm going through some of the same things. That's all I wanted to do. I'm not looking to cure anybody. I'm not looking. I'm not out to save the world, but if I can make it a better place, then I've done my job.
4: Yeah, and I think also it's very cathartic to uh, to to have a group that, uh, you know, can discuss this and, you know, you're not alone out there and you know that, you know, and, and maybe something somebody said today, whether it would be Dan or you or Amy or Chris, or, that said something that kind of resonated with you and you were like, wow, you know, they got through it. I can get through it. And, you know, maybe a technique or something, you know, later down the line as you continue to do these shows that works, you know, and, and then right. that's good. And I uh, think it's a, and, Go ahead
1: and you know well I just last thought for me you know i've we've joked about it we've probably said it you know a dozen times each over the years that that this show is like our you know these radio shows are like our therapy and that's that's never been far never been far for the truth for me because I'm able to you know whether it's one show a week, two shows a week three shows a week come in just put on the headset and we get in the chat room and we start talking about hockey or football or baseball or whatever the hell else comes to mind. And I don't think about anything else. And we laugh and we laugh and two hours of laughter. And I'm, sometimes I sit here laughing until I can't breathe or until I, or, or until I'm crying. And, and I don't, you know, and I don't think about anything else, you know? So I, that's why I've, I've always said that this show is you know part therapy for me, like LT on the golf course. Yeah. Well,
4: yeah. I
1: mean, you know, this is like, you know,
4: it's an escape and it's a good escape. It's a healthy escape. And now, you right. you know, we're bringing forth the information and the sharing. So that's, that makes it even doubly, triply better. That's for the triply. I don't know. But, uh, all right. Is that, is that all in the news, Robin? Is that all we got?
1: else, Robin? I actually, speaking of Robin. I have a um, – when we're done, I have a Robin – well, we got about another minute or two, and then I have a Robin Williams uh, clip that everybody was talking about last week that was one of their favorites that I'm going to play to kind of end well, the show.
2: Well, so that's great. You and Eddie talk for 10 minutes, and i got 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, you guys are great. <laughs> You've been talking for – we've been on the air since 3 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I thought you were tired. Well, no,
0: like lo- – But like Eddie
2: said, you know, whether it's something that you said or Eddie said that I said, if it hits you, but I know these people feel better just making the call and just talking makes them feel better.
0: Absolutely. And,
2: you know, that's a start. And, you know, the next step is, hey, you know what, let me call a professional. Let me see, you know, uh, I need to be on medication. Go through there. But, you know, that's what all And the most important thing is You know, next Sunday is my birthday And I just want everybody to know that I'm registered <laughs> at Wells Fargo um, NFL.com I'm an extra large giant jersey And uh, I have a really big head So, um, that's what That's what this show is all about My birthday, but uh, Jim, you coming down? Are you going to make it or no?
1: I, I Still, uh, I, I need to get into Negotiation on that uh. Uh, All right all right, really well, quick, just you know. just uh, just to touch on something you just talked about. After I put up my, my first blog post, yeah, well, yeah, well
2: before that, one zero zero one zero nine six nine six
1: nine, my account number. Go ahead. Gotcha. Okay. Right after I put up my first blog post on everythingjim.com, I got a Facebook message from from a woman that uh, we all know. She didn't partake tonight. sent me a message. She said, I really like your blog. I've been going through this for years. And and she kind of laid out her story. And she said, I I just couldn't. She said, I loved your article. She said, but I couldn't bring myself to click that like button because I didn't want anybody to know that I had read it because I don't want my problems known. And all I said was, well, I understand that. I said, but maybe – I said, make that your first goal. I said, next time I post something like that and you like it. Click that button. I said. Then maybe like, the next. Step like after I said, that, I like I said before,
2: like I said before, there's no shame. If you have a problem right. with your heart, you have a problem with your knee. You have a problem with your brain. There's no shame. That's it. You know what? It doesn't make you a weaker person because you're dealing with depression. Actually, it makes you stronger because you're dealing with so much stuff. And people don't understand that. And like I said, if people don't walk in your shoes. They don't know that. So you know what? I could pretty much guarantee the next show that you have she'll either like it she'll might email you text message you or, or she might call but you know what like you said it takes it just takes one step absolutely yep. all right
1: anything else gents that's it for me
2: uh right. september Any... 7th is my birthday i don't know if i said it before <laughs>
1: uh dan thank you very much for for spending the whole yep, hour anytime I do appreciate Listen, it.
2: If I, if I Listen, if if we can help one person, then that's all that matters. So, that's right. um, any Anytime Definitely. you need it, you do it tomorrow, next week, whatever, that's cool by me.
1: All right. I'll let you know. Eddie, thank you. It's, you it's, it. always, it's always great when, when, uh, when you're here with me. Thank you, man. Uh, thank you all for right. having me. Thank right, you later. to everybody that's out there. You can find me on Facebook. Most of you already know where I am on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. If you want to send me a message, whatever you want, Um, everythinggym.com. If you want to look up information, use the Mayo Clinic website. I happen to think they're the best, plus I really like Mayo. All right. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate you being here with us tonight. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. You land in Scotland and they're going,
6: doodle kick every. Shall I? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, right, you think eh? <laughs> fuck yeah, it's looks like a burden of bullets, that's too late to have something you're eh? Sure. Oh, fuck sure, right? Eh? And you know, not back, back side the fuck that backside there peek your laughter and rolled the late eh? Sure. Oh, sure, you dumb fucking bastard. You realise that, eh? And you realize how drunk they get. They could wear a skirt and not dance. And how they could invent a sport like golf. Here's my idea for a fucking sport. And knock a ball in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like pool? Fuck off, pool! That was a straight stick with a little fucked up stick. I whack the ball that goes in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like croquet? Fuck croquet! I put the whole hundreds of yards away! <laughs> oh, fuck out of here! That's great Oh, yeah, that's a great thing! Yeah. Oh, yeah, great, eh? oh it's like a bowling thing. Fuck no! Not see, I put shit in the way! <laughs> like trees and bushes and high glass so you can lose your fucking ball and go whacking away with a fucking tire iron! Whacking away and each time you miss, you feel like you're gonna have a stroke!
0: <laughs>
6: Fuck! That's what we'll call it. A stroke, because every time you miss, you feel like you're gonna fucking die. <laughs> oh okay. v.